Support for Class Dismissed comes from School Status. School Status helps educators at every level take control of student data for increased outcomes and meaningful stakeholder engagement. Find out more at schoolstatus.com. You are listening to Class Dismissed, episode 253, and I'm your host, Nick Ortigo. Back in 2015, the San Francisco Unified School District decided to defer algebra until ninth grade for all students. So why did they do it, and did it make any difference? Stay with us. This is the podcast that inspires educators through story. Each episode, we cover some of the hottest topics and news in the world of education. Plus, we hear from a guest with a bright idea for education that you can apply in your community. This episode, being a tween girl in today's world of social media pressures is a frightening challenge. And our guest this episode will tell us how parents and teachers can help kids navigate that. Stay with us. Hello, everybody. Nick Ortigo here, and I'm joined by friend, chief academic officer, as well as co-host of the Class Dismissed podcast, Christina Pollard. Christina, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. It's the end of October. We have nice weather. And, you know, I'm just coasting. Everything's good in the school situation here in October? Yeah, Yeah. I won't complain. I mean, it's not perfect, but, you know. Yeah. All right. Good. I like it. You've been real positive this year. I don't think there's ever a time where you've been like, ah, things are horrible and I'm dying here. So this is good. (laughs) No. And things aren't like extremely beautiful. I just, I roll with the punches. That's good. That's a good philosophy in life, I think. I've got a story uh, that is out of San Francisco and I'm curious to hear your opinion on this. Okay. So we're going to go back to the fall of 2015 when the San Francisco Unified School District decided to defer algebra until the ninth grade for all students. So like, even if you're rocking and rolling in math in eighth grade, seventh grade, you cannot take algebra until ninth grade. Any guess as to why? Well, there's probably a couple of reasons. One, algebra is probably tied into their accountability model, and they want to make sure that children are uh, a little further along um, in their course of study. But also, they may not have the resources to provide it in the middle school. Okay, so here's the reason. This says, and this is according to the article, the decision was driven by concerns about wide racial and ethnic disparities in students taking higher level math courses in high school. It says nationally, here are the figures for students who entered high school in 2012 and took calculus by their senior year, okay? So Asian and Pacific Islanders, 48% were taking, again, calculus by their senior Mm -hmm. year. Uh, amongst the white students, 22%, Hispanic, 14%, black, 11%. So in San Francisco, they decided to delay um, actually taking algebra until ninth grade. Um, as you can imagine, there was some pushback when they made that decision. Do you, would, what do you think of the decision? Um, I think that equity is the big buzzword right now, and I can appreciate their reasoning. Wanting to see equity across the board for their seniors as they graduate and and change the disparity in that data. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, now you have 48 um, percent who's being slowed down or held back. So it's a toss up. 
Right. Yeah. And I think that was the reaction to the, in the San Francisco area for many of the parents. Apparently, that was the pushback of parents saying, you know, look, you can't hold these kids back if they're accelerating in math. So yeah. what policymakers decided to do was they allowed compression courses combining algebra two and pre-calculus. And they also organized some summer courses in geometry after ninth grade. So basically, oh. those who were excelling could take those math courses quicker once they got into high school. Anyhow, so that was 2015 when all that started. And it went on, I think, for wow. six years. Um, and mm-hmm. recently, three academics from Stanford, right over there in San Francisco area, um, had mm-hmm. the opportunity to kind of like dive into the data and see if it helped close the the gap. Um, well, yeah. reveal. Right. So here, here's what they found. They conducted a longitudinal study of 20 3,000 students over six years. First, they were looking at how did high school math course taking patterns change? And what they said was in the early years, there were big drops in student enrollment in geometry, algebra two, pre-calculus, and a 6% drop in AP calculus. Um, So essentially, students were not excelling through the math courses as quickly across the board, all of them. Okay. Hmm. They looked at how did student credits earn in a high school math courses change. So like, were they still getting those, I guess, college credits? And they said the number of students who receive credit in an advanced math course, including pre-calculus, AP calculus, probabilities of statistics, AP t- statistics remained unchanged. So like that didn't change. Like kids who were going to get that credit were still able right. to. I just hope that they put something in place that would help those eighth and ninth graders be able to have an opportunity um, to take up a level courses. And then if they can't handle it, you know, we, you don't want to set them up for failure. Their last thing they look at is how do the policy affect students in different racial and ethnic groups? The large gaps in advanced math course taking motivated by this reform did not change the post-reform period, say the authors. The percent of African-American students enrolling in AP math courses remained virtually the same as it was before 2015. The Hispanic student participation increased by only one percentage point. Um, they said there's also evidence that families with resources were enrolling their children in tutoring, summer courses, and private schools ultimately widening the achievement gap. So it almost had a backfire effect. I don't really know what the takeaway of this is, but I just wanted to like share the article to kind of say like, it's like there was a, you know, San Francisco's progressive. They wanted to be equitable, um, but it maybe wasn't executed properly. And there's probably a better way to do this. And that's kind of where I'm going with this. I don't have the answer. Well, I guess I'd have a few extra questions. I'd want to know about dual enrollment are these just courses that are offered at the high school or are these children um, taking these courses through a college or university it's almost like maybe the the change should happen in middle school to to close the gap not Correct. delay to high school i don't know it's like they hit the wrong area maybe i don't know that's why i mentioned eighth grade because mm-hmm. generally if you're going to take begin taking high level courses it starts in in eighth grade I struggled in math. Like, I mean, for, you know, it wasn't my favorite subject. And I I don't know. I mean, it's just, it was a slow climb for me. Um, especially once I got into algebra and anything beyond, but it's a good, it's good study really to dig into. Yeah. So, um, anyhow, uh, I thought it was interesting. I thought the academics were kind of like, Hey, this was a good effort, but it did not fix the problem. Um, it is good to kind of look at things that took place, take place over, uh, say six years and stuff and kind of say, all right, was that the right move or the wrong move? Are you ready for today's bright idea? I'm pumped about it. 
Without a doubt, being a tween girl in today's world of social media pressures is a frightening challenge. Our guest in today's Bright Idea segment has created a program designed to teach that every girl, young or old, has specific talents and gifts that make her unique and beautiful to the world. Katie Parker is the original founder of Bloomfully and co-creator of I Believe in Me. I Believe in Me provides real tools and habits that strengthen confidence in tween girls. Katie, welcome to Class Dismissed. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about something I love. Yeah, well, this is something that almost makes me nervous. And I say that because I have an eight-year-old, right? Like a eight-year-old girl. I have two older boys, both college age now. I survived with the boys, but girls, gosh, it really, it it gets me nervous about what's in my future. I'm in my forties. I'm guessing that you're younger than me, but you probably didn't grow up with the same pressures that today's tweens do. So help me understand since, since you very much have your fingers on the pulse of this, how bad is it out there for tween girls? Well, I would say it's extremely bad, but it doesn't have to be. Okay. And so that's kind of like in creating this program, we just want to be part of the solution because it is so bad. And I have teens of my own. I have girls and boys. Um, I've taught girls almost my whole, you know, teen through adult life. And so you see it. And social media, especially with girls, is not a good combo. And and the studies show it. And even though like across the board, um, tweens and teens are suffering mentally, it's the girls that the numbers are the worst. And so, um, and I can kind of see it even as a mom and as, you know, a teacher of young girls and a creator of this program, I could see it coming once social media hit and deciding what I wanted for my own daughters and for myself and the feelings that come and the pressures that come with how fast information is shared in peer groups and in social settings that you can see, like I could instantly, okay, if we don't have control of ourselves and our minds and our time, this could really, really hurt um, our tweens. So with social media, and they might both be bad, but I kind of see like two different things that scare me. One is the obvious, what I would call just like bullying outside of school via these, you know, internet channels. Um, that seems kind of obvious, but the other is just the constant comparison to the world, right? Like when I grew up, I compared myself to my own community and the own people in the school. And, but now it's like the way we are supposed to be, and I'm using air quotes is just global. And, and I mean, where do you see the pressures on tweens when we're looking at social media? Oh, exactly what you just said. And so much more. I mean, there's the pressure to, I mean, just think about the social media platforms that are out there and the term, you are a follower. Like, I, I, I do not like that term. I do not want my daughter or the girls that we mentor to feel like they need to be a follower. I want them to be a leader. I want them to know who they are and to feel strong enough to stand alone because that's what it's going to take if you really want to have a healthy mindset. There's going to be occasional times that the pressures of like socially or these girls, you know, see their friends gathering online, you know, like they've, someone posts something, you're not invited. The feeling that comes with that someone, like you said, set, makes a mean comment, you know, uh, or you, or the post that you just did didn't, didn't get enough likes. I mean, the pressures to conform and perform and be a certain way and, you have to do this. You have to look like this. You have to post this often. You have to get this many likes on the post in the first minute to to have the worth that you're looking for. 
oh, that is just a recipe for disaster. <laughs> and we can talk about it all day long, but really, what's the alternative? Like, like what's the solution? And that's where, that's where we just knew there had to be something more. These girls need, on the flip side of that, they have to be taught. They have to be taught that this phone and this app cannot control me and cannot suck my time away and my well-being. Like I have to be true to myself. And so you talked about it, like with girls, especially the comparison game. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, it just, it just takes away the beauty that each of us carry because we're trying to be something else that maybe it's going against who we truly are inside. And so there's something that we talk about a lot at I Believe in Me. It's don't compare, don't criticize, don't compete, and don't complain. Those are the four C's that will create so many weeds in your garden of life. And the program we have is just, we use a garden theme, just talking about what, you know, each girl is unique. We're each, like, if you look at all, like, the vegetation in nature, every flower is different. The colors, the shape, the scents, the size, when it blooms, like, how it grows. Um, And that's how we view these girls, that if we were all the same, like, my favorite flower is the daisy. But if we were all daisies and I put pressure, the world puts pressure to look like a daisy, to be like a daisy, everyone has to be daisies in order to be happy. That's not truth. Really, we are happiest when we are who we are meant to be and recognizing the gifts and talents that we each have unique that are uniquely ours or the ones that we want, that we're interested in to cultivate and working hard at those and then sharing those with our communities, our families, our peers, that's where confidence comes, growing and sharing who you are and what makes you unique and beautiful and adding that beauty to the world. Where you look at a bouquet of flowers, it's so much more beautiful when they're all different. If they were all the same, you would lose the dimension and the depth. And I think it's exactly the same in society and especially these tween girls. At at Believe in Me, did you all have to make a conscious decision or have you made a decision of like, are we preaching the message of, and for lack of a better term, abstinence of social media? Or are you kind of like, we need to give people the tools to navigate social media? Both. Because our, and I I believe in me, it's tween girls. So it's ages 10 through 13. We definitely talk about hold off as long as possible, especially with certain apps. But we also spend so much of our time teaching these girls how to self-monitor and self-regulate. And so I'll give an example. So I, you know, I talked about our garden theme. Right out of the gate in our program, we talked to these girls that, okay, if you're going to grow a garden, you're, the first thing you have to worry about is your soil. It has to be full of nutrients. It has to be ready to grow. And what does that look like? We tell them that their soil is their mind and their heart. And as they go through life and work in their garden of life and grow, they need to check in with their mind and heart constantly. I mean, daily, hourly, especially at school with peers, and especially when you're on a screen. How, and there's two questions. So we talk about, you know, this is your soil. You want to keep it so like healthy and strong. You don't want to, because then your talents can grow and you can grow as a person. If you have hard, rocky, sandy soil, really sad soil, or you're not in a position to grow. And it doesn't mean it has to be perfect. It just means you have to be in the right mindset and your heart has to be willing 
and soft enough. And so, um, we, so we talk about their soil and how you keep that soil ready to grow is you check in with it. So we teach them how to do soil checks, which is, which is basically a self-monitoring system. And they use it in every area of their life with social media or any media, movies they watch, shows they're consuming, um, apps they're on, phone, phone use. Um, you can do it in their area of friendship with their, their peers. You can do it in fashion, what they choose to wear. You can do it, you know, even just in school. Um, so you have all these areas of their life that they have in, you know, in their garden of life. And so what it, what it looks like to do a soil check in any one of those areas, I'll give an example of, okay, let's say Instagram. Okay. They're on their phone, media use. She's scrolling Instagram. She sees, you know, and when she's done, or maybe she it just, it just keep, you know, hour, hours go by and she puts her phone down finally and she feels icky. She just doesn't feel good with what she's viewed, with what she's consumed, and the time that she's wasted. Her heart is telling her, that didn't feel so good. And her mind is also saying, man, it's already five o'clock. I just wasted an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, and I don't feel any better for it. So those two questions, there's two questions that you ask for a soil check. It's one is for the mind. Does this make sense? What I'm doing, what I'm consuming, what I'm around right now, or what I'm choosing to do. Does this make sense for me and my age? And then the n- second question is about your heart, checking in with your heart. How does my heart feel? And we're just teaching these girls to be strong enough and bold enough to believe in them and themselves and their hearts and their minds that they can guide themselves to good. They can guide themselves to grow, but they have to be honest with themselves when something doesn't feel right or doesn't sound right or seem right then they need to be honest. And, and here are the tools that you can use in those situations. And we, we give them so many, but you know, in, in the social media on Instagram, okay, here are some tools you can, you can set a timer. Okay. That, you know, this isn't the best place to use your time. So let's, let's, let's set a timer that I, I'm going to go on twice a day. I'm going to go after school to kind of chill out and hear it. And I'm going to set a timer for five minutes or, you know, or 10 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever, but there's an end. Cause I know that, you know, unlimited amounts of time. It does not make me feel good. Um, they, it could be with an app on that phone. This app, whenever I go on it, my heart doesn't feel good, you know? And I know that the things I'm viewing, it's not appropriate for my age. Like this is adult stuff. This is stuff that's not good for me to be honest and have the power and help them to always know that they have the power, not the phone or the app or not, you know, and you can use this in any soil checks happen all day long, all the time. And that's what we keep, you know, helping these girls realize like, okay, with a friend group, like you said, you mentioned bullying. I believe in me. Yes, bullying is a thing. But we kind of tell the girls, it never has to be because you're strong enough. And you choose who you're around. And even if someone's in your class, and you really can't choose who's in your class, you can choose how you react. And if you give that person a reaction, they're going to keep doing it. If you lit, you know, and so we give them the, all the different tools they can try That's good. and, you know, and obviously who to reach out to. So any area of their life, we help them with the tools and specific things they can do to keep their soil strong and their garden growing. And we do it. And the, you know, the basic tool that leads to the specifics is doing soil checks, checking in with their mind and their heart. That's all great advice for that young girl who's going into that world 
Um, what do you do if you have a young girl who has already kind of gone to a dark, deep spiral? They've already had disappointments, rough emotions, things related to um, just kind of, you know, getting bad feedback from the world of social media. How do you kind of bring that person back to reality? What we would do, I think we would talk, we actually wouldn't even talk about the social media yet. I think we would, we would just, we would just help her feel, everyone needs to feel needed. Like this world needs everyone and the unique gifts we have to share. And, and just to help that girl, really, I would just talk about her. I would just sit down and talk about how awesome she is and talk about the things she likes and not even talk about the other stuff yet. Obviously, that's a definite huge factor into the where the state that she is currently at. But to just be able to kind of get out of her what she likes to do and what she likes about herself. And it might not be much at this point, but what she thinks she's good at, you know, or what she wants to be good at or what she used to be good at or what she, what, what brings her the most happiness, you know, like who is she? What's her favorite? What's her favorite color? Not the trending color of fashion this year. That's not, you know, what, what is like, who is she? And to really start there and to help her realize and, and kind of connect the gap between who she is and what she has to offer and what she actually would want to offer if maybe she were better at a couple things that she really likes to do. And, and to connect that with her community, whether it's her, it starts with her family, it starts with, you know, and then there's her friends and then there's her school. And how can she, to help her see the need that the communities and people around her have for her, they need her. She's needed. She's wanted. She's, you know, and even if she's not wanted all the time or she doesn't feel that, she's needed because we all need everyone's gifts. We cannot all be the same. The world would not function and it would lose so much of its beauty. So I would start there just to compliment her, get her feeling like she has something to offer because she does. I mean, that's the truth. Everyone has something to offer, whether they feel like they can offer it at that point, you know, like you mentioned how dark it can be, you know, everyone's in a different state, has different life circumstances, but to figure out where she's at and to start there. And then we would add in little bits, you know, and we would talk about her garden of life and figure out once we figure out kind of what she's interested in, we would focus on how can we bring more of that? Like if you want to be, if you want to play volleyball, and, you know, one of your beauties is that you are really tall. You're gorgeous. You're tall. Um, you know, and you have, you're kind of interested in volleyball. You wish that maybe, you know, to help her get into something and try something and really try it and talk about what it means to really try it and, and to really hone in on a few things. And that's where as parents and counselors and educators, we can really highlight the goodness and the talents and what we see and compliment. I feel like compliments, I mean, where I, I mean, I, I started, we started, I believe in me for tween girls, but I started a company earlier than that. And I've known throughout the years, I have realized and figured out for myself that a compliment for someone that you are teaching does magic. Even if they really aren't performing the way you know they could or should, mm -hmm. Even if you compliment in that lower situation, 
they start to actually do what you're hoping that they would do. It's, it's magic. Why is that? Is it because that's an authority figure giving the compliment? I think because when you compliment someone that actually isn't measuring up, you know, and they know that these kids are smart, even I, I mean, I, I, my other company does elementary age. So even at like age six, they're smart enough to know that when I compliment them about doing something that they're actually not doing, and it's not that I'm lying. I'm just saying you're doing a great job. You know, even though they're actually not, (laughs) I think it takes the load off in that moment. And they realize, oh, wait, Miss Katie loves me. And Mm -hmm. I know I'm not doing what all the other girls are doing. Meaning like I'm not doing the dance moves I'm supposed to be doing, or I'm not paying attention actually, but she told me I'm doing good. Well, like she's not mad at me. I don't feel less than, even though I'm not, I know I'm not doing I'm not, you know, doing my best. Like they're smart enough to know that. And instantly in that moment, most of the time, I would say 95% of the time, they fall into step. Not not meaning they're we want them to be like someone else, but they begin taking action in the direction that we're hoping for them. And so it's the same, I believe, at any level. When you give someone a compliment, and it doesn't ha- I'm not saying a lie, but a compliment about their current state. And I think it takes the pressure off of them feeling like they're disappointing you and they're not doing those things. They realize I'm okay the way I am, but I actually don't want to be exactly the way I am. I do want to move forward. I do want to do better, but I know that Miss Katie trusts and loves me no matter what level I'm at. But, and I love that love from her and that feel, makes me feel safe. So I, I, f- I feel like this is a safe place that I could try something I maybe wouldn't have tried. I'm going to try it. I'm going to go. I'm going to move forward. And I've seen that again and again and again and again and again. There's there's multiple what I would call comparison games. You have like the comparison game of the pretty girl at your school that you want to be like or a neighboring school or whatever. But we're also in this really weird place where if you ask an 8 to 12 year old, who the most successful people are in the world. Like they'll probably tell you Mr. Beast, right? Like it's a YouTuber or like somebody who has a a Twitch account or something like they look at wealth and they tie it to YouTubers or someone with a famous TikTok account and, and success and glam. Like that's, that's what they see. And so a lot of, I think the motivation for kids to get on social media, because they want to be like them. They want to be famous and rich and success. So do we, discourage them even though they could have success or do we let them go like i don't know what to do there well i think i think it's what are you offering you know i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing i mean my my kid some of my kids are just obsessed with dude perfect and Mm -hmm. those guys are great guys giving good to the world you Mm -hmm. know there's lots of laughter there's lots of joy and so i would i would say that's fine if that is what your goal is but that's, that's not the goal. It's, you have to rewind. You have to say, okay, what, am, what am I going to put on there? What am I going to be filming? What, what's the, actually the meat of you? Like, you know, like you look at Mark Rober, he's amazing. And like the meat of what he's offering is awesome intellectual engineering stuff. And mm-hmm. that is, I love it. I love that my son loves to watch him. He's a great guy using his talents and gifts and the thing that he loves and he's sharing it. And that's a platform to share it. So I have, 
I have no problem with that. I think it's, that's good. You feel good. You get excited about engineering after you watch one of his, you know, his YouTube videos. So I think it's not necessarily the platform. I think you said it, it's, it's just the wealth and popularity. That's not what you're going for. You're, I mean, you want to be successful on that platform, but you have to offer the product that is good and is gr- helping the world grow for, for better, that has light to it, right. you know, and that's where, that's where you would hone in. Okay. That's awesome. You want to be like a YouTube, you know, an influencer, but in what category, <laughs> you know, like that. So that's not the question of, you know, like you, you've got to offer something good and kind of focus on that. What's that going to look like? What's that going to be? Because Mark Rober doesn't just do YouTube. He has a product now that he ships out to kids. You know, it has, there's lots of different avenues for revenue. And I think that would spark fabulous discussion with a youth that wants, you know, sees that platform and wants that lifestyle. But you have to rewind it and talk about, you know, how much work he's had to do. Like he went to college, you know, (laughs) and then he found, you know, like, that's where that's how he got there you know right well okay so let's say you have your keynote speaker at a convention you have a room full of thousands of people mixed of educators and moms and dads what's the message you want them to have in terms of steering their tween daughter the right way what's the one takeaway that you'd like to stick with them i think the one takeaway was would be as educators and parents how much power we do have for the well-being and to help shape and guide and i would say the greatest power that we possess is love and and to come at it with a lens of love not of they're disappointing you um a lecture um yelling not that a teacher would yell but you know but a parent definitely yeah um to really to really help create, I mean, I talk about the soil with an individual girl. Talk about the soil in your classroom and in your home. Like your home and your family is a garden of life. Your, your classroom is a garden where you're helping these young plants grow. What's the feeling in your classroom? Are you a teacher that knows more about their students and asks questions about their personal life and, and they feel your love personally? Or are you one that's clocking in and out? every day and just getting through the day. Like, what are you, I mean, is there a smile on your face? Is there a, you know, light in your eyes? Are you connecting in, in, on their eye level and giving those compliments and making them feel safe and needed and loved in your classroom? Or are, do they constantly know that they don't, you don't approve of them? You're annoyed with them. You know, you've disappointed them again, you know? And I think, I, that's the takeaway. I feel like, but if I hear and, you right, it's, it's all about building confidence, right? Like, I mean, that's really yes. what it comes down to. And I think it's by when they, when a student or a child feels the pure love from a parent or a teacher, the pure interest. And I know, I know teachers are probably like, I have hundreds of kids. I'm like, I get it. So do I, like I have hundreds of people that I teach, but I can remember a name. I can remember that that girl plays soccer I can ask her about her game before class, how it went. You know, I can connect. Like we can all give a little bit more. And so, yeah, I just think it's it's love. It's establishing their confidence in you 
as the, as a teacher and a provider. And, and that confidence comes from feeling that bond and that love. And then you can, you know, of course, as a parent, I strategize and as a, as a, you, you strategize on that. Yes, I have expectations for my children, but they don't have to be perfect. We're looking for progress wherever they're at and progress in a positive way and not in lectures. Sometimes, yes, they're very needed. I, I understand. But most of the time, if we can parent or teach with positive reinforcement and, and relationship, like a, a solid relationship individual with each student, we will see the outcomes you know, and they'll be, they'll get on the path that we desire for them, a path of progress. If someone wants to learn more about what you guys are doing, it's um, bloomfully.com, correct? Bloomfully.com. And you'll see two programs. Singers Company is the elementary age. But what we talked most about for tweens today is I Believe in Me. You'll see both links and you click on that and there's all the info there. Yeah. And you guys offer like memberships. You even have like a, a an opportunity where you can have like a box delivered to your house with stuff in it. Is that correct? Yes. So there's different levels of membership. Um, just the basic one that everyone, no matter what level you get, you're getting the meat of the program. It's a very safe online program. So each girl gets their own private logins. Um, our videos are episodes. Um, they're called Planting the Seeds. We've also got a monthly Zoom call we call How's It Growing, a lot of chat chatter, and we have around different topics each month, and that's voluntary. All of it's voluntary, but a girl can go in and a parent can know that their daughter is safe on our platform. It's not going to link towards other videos. On, we're not through YouTube. It's just our own platform, mm-hmm. so they're only getting the content that we provide. Our videos are short each week. They get a weekly, and it's just about topics that they need to be successful in life and, and it helps give them tools and friendship and study skills and family relationships during hard times in life when hard things ex- unexpected come up um, just in figuring out what their talents are, what they want to do and goal setting. I mean, in a fun way But we also have lots of little bloom videos that are with um, professional contributors in the areas of um, hair and makeup and fashion. Oh, that's cool. Just so that we know that that's kind of the phase of life that they're getting into. And they're excited about those things more than they are about watching an episode about study skills. (laughs) So we have we have both just to kind of give them a well-rounded just a little like a snapshot each week about here's the you know, here's this new area of life that where you want to be super independent, but you really can't totally be yet. And so it's kind of like a little tug and pull both ways. Like here are some tools to be more independent, but here's some also some, some support when you don't know what to do in this situation. Here's some answers. And so it's just a got a really happy, healthy guide to those middle school years. Yeah. It's a really beautiful and well laid out website. Uh, kudos to you on that. Again, it's bloomfully.com. If somebody wants to check it out, we'll also have the links in the show notes. Uh, we really appreciate you sharing your perspective with us today on this. It's, it's enlightening and, and useful just to me personally, having an eight year old girl. So, so thank you. No, well, I'm just so grateful for the, you know, for people that are listening to your podcast, those are teachers and parents that care. And I'm just so grateful for my own children, just the, the really awesome teachers and counselors out there that, that care. And so we're just here. We just want people to know that we're here as a resource for what the work that you are doing, um, that if it can help a child, it can help a girl, just know that we're here to help you help them. Excellent. Well, Katie, again, thank you. Are you ready for our rapid fire pop quiz? Sure. (laughs) All right. First question. If students could only go to school for one subject, which subject should it be? 
Reading and writing. What are we not teaching in school that we should be teaching? I think we're trying to teach everything, actually. <laughs> um, I, I would say gardening, <laughs> being outside in Earth, which I know they're teaching somewhere. So... But it's definitely not necessarily in the curriculum everywhere. So right, but being in yeah. being in nature, I think there's something very special. What does yeah. every child deserve? Love, love and acceptance. What's the biggest challenge for today's educators? Removing the distractions so that these children can really learn what matters in life and what's going to help them really progress on a on the right level. There's so many distractions. What's the best gift to give an educator? Um, a compliment back. Hopefully, I think the notes, the notes that I I receive from my own students mean so much more than any physical gift. You know, just mm-hmm. just knowing that I'm making a difference, that that matters the most and that that's what motivates me. So, all right, here's your chance for a compliment for a teacher. Which teacher changed your life? Um, I've had so many awesome teachers. I think, honestly, I think, I think my parents. I know that my parents really have set the tone for me in our home growing up, and I owe a lot to them. I do have a teacher, that, um, Mrs. Dilworth. She was my third grade teacher. And she really helped me get excited and get lost in books. And that I have always loved her for that. That's cool. And I always think it's neat when the teacher's like a throwback to like elementary school, you know, Mm -hmm. and that those teachers can also have an impact all the way into adult life. That's really neat. Last question. Which book have you read, love, and would like to recommend to our listeners? Um, I would say one of my favorite books is Les Miserables. I love, well, I, I musical dance theater too. So I, I love both sides of that, but that book, it just shows that I just love the characters and the storyline and how it gets woven together that anyone can change for the better and make such a difference can go from the darkest of dark to the lightest of light and shit and shed light and create light for other people along the way. And I think it, it's, it's just the best. Again, you've been listening to Katie Parker and the website is bloomfully.com if you want to learn a little bit more. Katie, thank you so much for joining us on Class Dismissed. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Nick. That's going to do it for this episode of Class Dismissed. If you want to send us an idea or comment, remember you can always email us at info at classdismissedpodcast.com or tweet us at classdismissed. We're here to support educators, but we need your support as well. So please subscribe to the show. And we'd also appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. On behalf of all the good people working at School Status and Christina, representing all those educators out there, thank you for listening. I'm Nick Ortigo, and I'll talk with you next week. Class dismissed.